Hey, Ronnie here. Before we begin, I'd like to take a moment to tell you about the Creator Kitchen. Whether you enjoy this episode or the entirety of Marketing Under the Influence or not, if you have an idea or a voice inside you screaming to get let out, and you would benefit from the support of talented, creative people across a broad spectrum of fields, people who will push you creatively like never before, I encourage you to apply to the Creator Kitchen. I'll pop a link in the show notes, or you can go to creatorkitchen.com wherever you browse your favorite websites. As for Jay, Melanie, and my fellow chefs, thank you. Marketing on the Influence wouldn't be what it is today without you. And now, let's get on with the show. You're listening to Marketing Under the Influence with Ronnie Higgins. So I get this thing a lot where they say I'm an old soul. I guess whether it maybe it comes from being the first kid in an Igbo family. So Igbo is the southeastern part of Nigeria. And so, and I maybe I guess that's all what all first kids deal with also. So being the first kid means that early on in your life, you're literally just, you're told that you need to take care of your siblings. You need to, you know, you're like, you just have this emotional burden that is put on you. And so, I think I think my parents, my my siblings, my friends would say, "This is also is like the one who you would call for advice, and he would say something. You'd be like, how the hell did you come up with that?' Or maybe all that also comes from reading too many books, even the ones that are not I shouldn't read. That's Jose Arenam Bunam. Jose is the senior editor for CMO.com, but. It doesn't matter what he does or where he works. Because this story is about a curious young man living in southeastern Nigeria with an unusual habit of stealing books from his father's library and a seriously unhealthy case of shiny object syndrome. So as a kid, I was a really curious kid. My father used to crack a joke that I was the one kid that lost all his books because I read everything. Like, right from when I was like seven or eight, I was already reading. I read books on communism. I read books. I read uh, um, Karl Marx. He had all the Karl Marxes. I read, I read like, I burned through half of it before he said, stop doing that. Does I confess that his father will always and forever be cooler than him? His dad was a mass comms lecturer at Amadu Bello University and was the senior editor for the university's magazine. Tose says his father's cigarette moments capture his essence best. A silhouette standing outside the family home against a setting Nigerian sun after returning home from work. Smoke billowing out and surrounding him as he enjoys a moment of solitude before clocking into his primary job as a husband and father. Dose believes this ritualistic buffer was a necessary step for his father, 
that it gave him the strength and patience to deal with the dark side of his unbridled youthful curiosity. Round two. But isn't about being curious also it means that you're pretty impatient. Like so you're just looking back at my six to ten year old self. <laughs> I think Game Boy was had just come, showed up in Nigeria. And then SNES, which is Super Nintendo Entertainment System, had also shown up at that point in time. And <laughs> I had gone to friends' houses, I had seen the SNES. I wanted to play Mortal I wanted to play Mortal Kombat. I wanted to play Street Fighter at home. Like I wanted that. Like I wanted that. I wanted it badly. And Popsy couldn't afford it at that point in time. It's like, no, like that's not a priority for you right now. There are other things we have we have to do with money. You know, and I just kept asking. You know how kids can be when they want stuff. I mean, I have a kid now, like when they want stuff, like it's <laughs> like I I I really admire my parents, my father's patience at that point. I'm like, I can't get it for you. It's like I can't, I just can't get it for you right now. Okay, no, we can I just get the Game Boy? And he's like, he's like, he just keeps going on and on. Like you, you can't, you can't get that. And I keep going on to him. Like I want it. Like I want it. And then I cry. I throw a tantrum. I do all that. Like, and then for the first time, so my father, my father says to me, you know what? I'm going to give you a book to read. This is starting to sound like a scene from a Wes Anderson film. We've got the way too mature for his age kid with a habit of losing his father's communist literature. And he's throwing a tantrum because his parents won't buy him the latest, greatest video game systems. The father responds like all fathers do by handing him a copy of Awe K's 1968 debut novel, The Beautiful Ones Are Not Yet Born. A satirical story about Ghanaian corruption, poverty, and social inequality. Because that's just a normal way to handle this situation, apparently. But as Dozy continued to tell me the story, it became less and less absurd and actually quite profound. Um, he says the book has two lessons in it. There's the book itself, and it's all the things he talks about, corruption. He says... That's going to be a bit hard for you to carry in your head. The second lesson is the title itself. The title, you can relate it to the book or you can relate it to life in general. I'm like, okay. I said, Dad, you're giving me a book when you know I lose your books. Like, that's weird. He's like, yeah, because this book is pretty important. And he gives me the book and he says to me that why I give you this book is I'm, I'm going to let you keep it because the name the beautiful ones are not yet born is 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 an ode to your impatience in the sense that you need to take it easy because things like you all like things are the, the what you have now the world as you see it now will always keep changing because literally the most beautiful things that are not they're not yet born at all i first was wondering why the hell did they not spell beautiful properly <laughs> <laughs> and he goes like he goes like forget all that like i just want you to take this lesson here as you go in go forward in life because i see you're a curious child you're pretty impatient you want things now 
everything, everything you see right now, with the way the world is going, it's going to get better. It's going to keep changing. And so, if, or if you're struggling for this one now, what are you going to do when you struggle for something right now and then tomorrow it changes into something else? What are you going to do? Are you going to feel bad about the way you struggle for it? Are you going to move on to the next one? I, took, I picked up the book and I ran, I ran off with it. Still a bit confusing to me at that point in time. And I, I think that, to be honest, I think it probably took a while for that lesson to settle in. I think for me, the beauty about that lesson for me was that that lesson wasn't, it was a lesson that happened over time. Because just as you grow older and engage with the world and engage with what, how the world interacts and how everything that goes on, then you start to see these things. And then you, you, you kind of get to the point where you're like, oh, yeah, this is what dad meant when he said this beautiful, beautiful are not yet born. This is what he meant. Like, because everything is constantly changing. I think about this thing sometimes, and I'm just like, especially now that he's passed, and I'm, you know, you're just going through memories we have with him and all the things that you've done with him, and you're just thinking like, you know. A few months before recording this episode, Jose's father died unexpectedly. As he told the story, it made sense that he would choose a memory connected to his father for this episode. But I kept wondering why, out of all the memories of his father, was this book and his wild interpretation of its title the dominant one? I'm going home for his funeral. When I go, part of my job is I'm going to ship the book back there. I want to give it to my son. Like, take, I want to take that beautiful as I know you're born and say to him that so this book is for Grandpa Ben Grandpa Ben gave it to me and I'm giving it to you you know it's like handing it down but again like for me to him is literally I'm just going to probably probably say the same to my dad said to me it's the story is not the book he's just seven I'm not sure you can understand the book yet <laughs> But I want you to keep it in your room and every single time I want you to read the title. The beautiful ones are not yet born. And kind of understand that everything you see in our home, the TV, the the the, the Nintendo the Nintendo Switch that you have, you you play your phone, all those things, just gonna be better ones. Like there's gonna be better ones. So you need to learn early on early enough to that there's no need holding on to something so hard because like, oh, if I don't get this, then the world is over. No, the world isn't over. Tomorrow, you're going to see much finer, much better, much interesting, much more colorful one, much more useful one, and you're still going to want it. So the issue is not the thing, it's the wanting, it's the, it's the emotion that you're dealing with. You know, and I probably think also that it's going to take him a while to understand, but I'm willing to go on that journey with him and say, hey, it's not the book, it's the title. The title is everything here. The book itself, oh, it's very complex. <laughs> but the title, it'll stay with you forever. As marketers, we want to believe that our messages never get lost in translation. That everything we say is heard and understood exactly as it was intended. Dozy's story teaches us that people will interpret any part of our work however they damn well please. But I hope 
Dozy's story also helps us appreciate what's possible. Because if a story's title can teach a lesson outside the context of its content and become a family heirloom, then I say anything goes. Oh, man. I have had so much fun working on Marketing Under the Influence Volume 1, and Dozy's episode was no exception. There's so much material that I wanted to include, but I wanted I needed to make sure that the story was as tight as possible because, you know, I, I, I'm always thanking you for trusting me with your attention, and it really does mean everything to me. So I think what I'm going to have to do is I'm just going to have to publish some like bonus material after the last episode is out. So I guess stay tuned. If you enjoyed Dose's episode and Marketing Under the Influence, I hope you'll find a way to support the series. I'll leave a couple of options in the show notes for you. Thank you. No matter what, make sure to tune in next week and find out how one marketer had to fall down a couple of rabbit holes before she could emerge as her unapologetic self. Get on my-